Do you follow CES? It's the Consumer Electronics Show. Fuck no. I think it happened last week or whatever. Sure. Okay. I don't know. I I usually there, are you are you alluding to camera news? No. Oh, okay. That's that's why because like I usually I, I get excited. Like CES is one of those shows that I would want to go to once in a lifetime. Like I want right. to I want to go to Nam someday. Uh, it's okay. the North American Music. Uh, merchants conference like i want to go i want to go to nam someday i want to go to ces someday but like i usually get excited about stuff like that because i like looking at gear not necessarily Mm -hmm. getting stuff but i I it totally passed me by so i don't have any interesting (laughs) camera news or anything like that oh no i know whatever will we do I think Olympus, uh, I guess the big news is that Olympus Plaza, apparently there's an Olympus Plaza in Japan. It's going to be renamed to OM Systems. Plaza? Plaza. (laughs) Which doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, this is is like sports teams renaming their stadiums sometimes. Yeah. We're like, oh, okay. And like... Sometimes it's not bad and and like it it, it works and sometimes it's like ugh. yeah <laughs> bad fucking name for things like I, yeah although I do like the Washington football team I love that that's the name and I hope they stick with it cuz it's just it it says all it needs to say the yeah. Washington football team right <laughs> yeah we we don't want to do a racism but we're also we can't be bothered to be creative yeah. at all we're, we don't <laughs> We we were forced not to do a racism, but yeah. we're not creative enough to take someone else's idea and pay for it. Yeah, we're not going to pay for a new idea, but we're also not going to like. Right, right. It's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, girl. Give me nothing. <laughs> yeah. Give us nothing. The Washington. Well, now you know. Where they are. Washington. Cause I no. guess it's cause it's by, by, by city. So you're not going to confuse it with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just think, it's, I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was never confusing the foreskins with the Seahawks, <laughs> the foreskins the Seahawks. but I haven't been a football fan in some time. So yeah. I don't really get to talk shit. I don't see I don't see any purple uh in your house, Brandon. What's up with that? I thought everyone in Baltimore was like grandfathered into being a like default Ravens fan. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I was and I I took the road trips and went to uh Cleveland game with uh with Charm City Shinobi and everything else like that. And then Ray Rice went four rounds with his girlfriend at the time or whatever it was in that hotel and they covered everything up. And then there was like another incident with somebody else being a shithead. And then one dude like beat his son and like they covered it up then. And then there was this other player who like shot a uh, guy who was like trying to install a satellite dish with a shotgun in the ass or um, and that team tried to cover it up. And it was like, you know what? I'm good. Like, (laughs) and I feel bad because there are a lot of really great players. Like the thing I pay attention to is when they get around Super Bowl time, they do the Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year Award. Oh, yeah. And you get to see who is actually a really great person and who uses their status and money and influence and everything else like that to do really great things for the community. And there are some players who have that ability. And genuinely, 
I am in support of the NFL giving them a platform for this and them doing a great job and yada, 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 yada. But also the NFL is fucking bullshit, steals a ton of money from cities, uh, professional football teams, and actually really all professional sports hold teams hostage for ridiculous amounts of money to build sports teams they don't need. And then basically we get nothing back. So, you know, fuck all of that. Um, And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I'm very torn on pro sports. I have been for some time, but in turn, what that means is, is that I'll usually watch the Super Bowl if somebody else is like, hey, there's a Super Bowl party. You should come over. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, and like, that's exactly I, the way I, we are. I, I, right. Like, And I've been a football fan for years. I can follow the game. It's not a problem for me. Just especially when it came to the Ravens and everything else like that. I was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm Done. I'm good. Done. <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. Like, and I know I'm a fucking hypocrite about it because I'm a wrestling fan. And I know uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, believe me, yeah, I, I have talked about yeah. this ad nauseum yeah. of like the hypocrisy that I carry with all of that. <laughs> oh, and this um, latest round of firing is holy shit. They're just slashing uh, left and right. Like what the yeah. fuck? Uh, that's to my understanding, that's a power move against Triple H, but that's a whole other thing. You and I can talk WWE shop. Um, <laughs> they got it, the it, money. Why are they cutting people? It, <laughs> ju- the short version, to my understanding, Triple H went out with a heart issue, got Ooh. all of that done, is feeling better. But in the meantime, they rebranded NXT, let a bunch of people go. And now we're coming to find out all the people that. Triple H liked or supported or were in the corner of or anything else like that are suddenly finding themselves with a fucking pink slip because they rebranded everything. And I think they're moving away from it and they've already all but announced that um, the McMahons aren't taking over like the younger McMahons aren't taking over WWE. Oh, so yeah. Shane O'Mac is not into the money. Oh no, they might be into the money, but there's this guy, Nick Khan, who's been handling all of the everything and he is poised to actually take over WWE. Oh fuck. Because right now they're not really a wrestling company. At least they don't view themselves this right, that they're, way. They're an they're sports they're, entertainment. They're sports entertainment. More importantly, they are a marketing machine. Yeah. So are they, are they getting picked up by AEW and New Japan and all that stuff? What do you mean? All the guys that are getting cut. Depends on who it is, but right now AEW has such a bloated roster. I'm not even sure other than like some of your bigger name people where where everyone else goes. Like there are only but so many spaces. Now, on the plus side, that means that places like TNA have a much larger and deeper talent roster, but whether or not they have the ability to actually stick the landing and tell any decent stories and have any yeah. audience or anything else like that is yet to be seen. And with the recent rise in COVID and everything that's going on, I'm not sure how many people are actually going to be moving to Japan and doing all of this. So yeah. my hope is that we get past this short wave. Things start to settle down for a bit and independent wrestling turns into a real thing again. And you get the chance to have these people N-E-W, like W and E W feed them to Keith, feed them all Keith. to Keith. But like, it, it's a realization of like, there are guys who get, who like, I thought honestly were seem like perfectly Matt Cardona, uh, formerly Zach Ryder. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like a relatively harmless dude. Got over on the internet. Got pushed off the stage. Had an opportunity. Won the IC championship, and just kind of was a mid card guy in perpetuity. He gets let go, and he does like a hot cup of coffee. I think it was like maybe two shows in AEW. 
he's good close friends with Cody Rhodes and all them. So like, it's not like he doesn't have the option or anything. Yeah. yeah. Disappears for a bit, fucks about with um, his podcast. He's super into wrestling toys. Gets like kind of <laughs> solidifies his thing, kind of figures out what he wants to do, shows back up in impact, but more importantly, shows up in GCW, which is a hardcore fed, Ooh. and shows up as him getting cussed out and hated and becomes the fucking hardcore champion. <laughs> And like one of my favorite photos of last year was like him standing up at the top of the rope, like trying to drink it in and holding the belt up and just a sea of middle fingers just pointing up at him. just <laughs> fucking nuclear heat. That's and so good. It's so, so good. good. <laughs> and he's now he's now on impact, still trying to carry that heat. And like there's a good chance um, there's there's rumblings that there's uh, they are opening the forbidden door, which I don't know if you're familiar with this term. So what it used to be was the term for a federation to have a working relationship with New Japan. Ah. What it's turned into now is really any sort of sharing of a high-level wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, AEW yeah. is probably the best at it of being like, hey, so so-and-so from New Japan's coming over. We're going to have so-and-so go fight this and that and what have you. Yeah. So like, and they had done that for a bit and now it's become a thing where like supposedly WWE is opening the forbidden door, quote unquote, <laughs> for, well, they already did it in a sense because Mickey James, who I think you might remember is now an impact wrestler. Yeah. She's impact uh, women's champion. Okay. She's going to be in the rumble. So she's mm. going to show up on WWE TV. Uh, they're not they're no longer allowed to use the term pay-per-view anymore. I, I I think it's a premiere event or something like that. I forget what the fuck what? it's called. <laughs> Jesus. The idea is that the term pay-per-view is completely outdated because no one's actually paying 60 bucks for this thing. So stop um, calling it a pay-per-view. That's true. That's true. But in like all things, instead of just casually introducing it a certain way, they're trying to cram the new terminology down everyone's throat and have a cease and desist basically on any staff that like, hey, you don't fucking say pay-per-view anymore. That, um, that's why you don't call it a belt. You call it a title. Now. Title, right. It's yeah, a it title. Same, it's a same, fucking belt, Vince. Same shit shit same shit <laughs> so belt. anyway it's so it's a belt mickey james in theory is going to come out in the women's rumble holding up the tna champion uh championship belt and walk down the ring and compete like anyone else yo and she's not going to win we know they're not going to crown the tna champ the, in there but if she can look competitive and she can hold a title up and somebody goes what fucking belt is that yeah seriously Somebody's going to ask the question, where the fuck did Mickey James go? Someone else's Michael Cole or someone else, Corey Graves or something like that is going to say, oh, Mickey James back in WWE currently TNA world, you know, knockouts champion or whatever they end up calling it. Yeah. And everyone else is going to be like the fuck. And if <laughs> you get conservatively a hundred thousand people to Google and hit, and if you get, any percentage of that to start watching? Fuck, that's huge for that them. Is, that is pretty big. That is pretty big. That is huge for them. I Is Jeff Jarrett still involved with them? That's uh, that's Global Force, and I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of something else. Yeah, because uh, didn't he do... Wasn't he in TNA and then... Oh, like, forever okay. ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is... You're thinking way back in like the Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle days... 
Like, like that's back when Samoa Joe and AJ Styles were still part of. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's when I yeah, was like watching wrestling all the time. <laughs> way the fuck back. Way the fuck back. And then anyway, I didn't so, watch that because Jeff Jarrett was on it. I was like, fuck him. Right. No, absolutely. But anyway, so supposedly they're doing the same thing with a men's wrestler. So the question is like the consensus among because I. If you're ever, if anyone is curious what I think the best way to take in wrestling right now, because it's just too fucking much of it, what culture? What yeah. culture does a podcast in the morning that tells the news? It's usually 12 to 14 minutes. They're very concise. They're very clean. They're very respectful. They cover kind of everything and they hit it proper. Then they do ups and downs for each show. This guy, Simon Miller, basically takes 15 minutes. And he tells you what he thinks was good and why and gives it an up and what's, you know, bad and why and gives it a down. And basically you get a rating for things and he keeps track of dumb shit. Like <laughs> this year, the thing he's keeping track of um, are interruptions. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so there's a WWE counter and there's a all of wrestling or sorry, uh, there's a that and uh i think aew and i think he might do uh, uh impact up and ups and downs as well wasn't um, there there was a there was a group of people who used to do what culture wrestling but then didn't they didn't they get kicked out of what the whole what culture brand and then i have no idea there, there there's drama there too <laughs> I, i'm not surprised I was following that, that for a while the the people who i have seen are still doing it and have not changed as far as what culture wrestling goes. Mm -hmm. There's, I think two people who I haven't seen anymore who used to do videos for them, who don't do videos for them anymore, but I don't a, know if that's. Yeah. There was a guy, King Ross, and he used to do like, he used to do basically botcha mania. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. That like must've been old, old. I was going to say, I started watching this maybe, Oh God, what would that have been? 2019 i think i started watching oh okay yeah so i was watching them way <laughs> yeah it's you're you're watching way back when <laughs> yeah, yeah no old dude. no dude it's all good but that that lends to the credibility of how long they've been around and kind of doing yeah. everything but like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to try and keep up with wrestling and you don't want to spend hours upon hours watching all this stuff and you have a morbid curiosity about what's going on it's probably the best way to do it and you can spend 15 minutes in the morning. I, I usually do it as like, I'm checking emails at work. Yeah. I've got literally, the, they do a podcast version or they do a YouTube version. It's really straightforward. And I can, as I'm checking emails and everything, I've just got them chit chat in my ear. And I, it's like two friends who are well-educated and well-versed in wrestling, just kind of giving you the beats about what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and they cover rumor and innuendo and make sure that it's very clear that it's rumor and innuendo. And mm -hmm. You know, it's basically a thing of like they they talk about things that happening uh, that happen with the Wrestling Observer newsletter with Dave Meltzer. They talk about backstage hullabaloo. They talk about, you know, scuttlebutt and all this and that and what's going on and people changing and people firing and what's this and that. And yet it looks so like they really do kind of keep up with everything. And it allows me to feel like I'm involved and <laughs> the things that I don't understand. It's probably dismissive of me to say that they don't really matter but like frankly if no one has mentioned them when somebody does a review show of raw and smackdown and a daily news thing and i still don't know what the fuck is going on 
how impactful is your you, performance? You ain't missing it. <laughs> right. Like I, how impactful is your, is your performance? So I was, I was sad to see Keith Lee's name on the chopping block. Cause that dude could move. Yeah. I don't know what exactly to my understanding, there was some, some trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with him and then the writing and then his character. And like, I can't tell if, they just didn't look at him as the monster that they wanted him to be. And then like he was doing some shit with riddle and then they were trying to call him the bear cat, whatever the fuck like, and to my understanding, (laughs) to my understanding, it's an animal that I believe is a marsupial called a binturong. And uh, they have tails, prehensile tails that smell like popcorn. Um, to my understanding, they're fucking great and adorable. <laughs> um, which don't get me wrong, Keith Lee is big and great and adorable, and dude can fucking fly. Yeah, but that is the sort of thing that, like, uh, I don't know if he thrives better on an indie scene. I don't know if he's more injury prone. Like he had his whole battle with COVID and everything that happened, and you know, I I know that dude is going to land right side up. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be stateside. For mm. all I know, he could literally show up in fucking new japan because he, he was the guy i kind of had my eye on like when he would show up in the ring i was like that is a big meaty man right yeah i want to see him. <laughs> i want to see him in a big like, we've talked about it before that moment when he was in the rumble and he starts walking down and brock lesnar is standing in the ring by himself yes. and looks off at the camera like i was the side and goes that's a big boy <laughs> and then they get in the ring together so and they're good. squaring off and suddenly Brock Lesnar looks a lot more human. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you're yeah. like, fuck. And, and I he, didn't realize. Right. He looked excited. He was like. Right. Because well, <laughs> think, think about this. Brock Lesnar throwing around with a bunch of guys and everything else like that. He's got to go half speed. Yeah. You get a guy Keith Lee size. Oh, yeah. He can actually bump into him. Yeah. He can test his strength a little bit. Oh, yeah. He can throw down. Yeah. Oh, like, it's so good. It was and, so good. It was so well, good. He could have had the ability. I mean, fuck, Brock Lesnar was doing shooting star presses and shit like that when he was in FCW or OVW. Sorry. Um, when like before he hit WWE, fucking backflipping motherfucking Brock Lesnar. And they told him no. Keith yeah. Lee does the same thing. Imagine he throws <laughs> at who's gonna yell at fucking Brock Lesnar <laughs> if Keith Lee goes, Hey bitch, I bet you can't. And like, <laughs> God, yeah, he, yeah. Cause, I, cause like once Brock does it, then it's off the table. Then like, cause if Brock does it and hits it and Keith kicks out, that's fucking huge. Yeah. If he beats Brock down enough that he does it himself and you watch a man that size fucking fly and Brock kicks out, fuck the audience would fucking turn inside out to see that i and and that's and a match you can did they do it every no. week that's a match you can play at least four or five pay-per-views i will watch that i will watch that multiple the times reality is seeing brock lester climb to the top your flash bulbs are already going to be going uh-huh him that pan back shot a brock flipping and hitting keith lee will be a slow motion thing that they use in the highlight reel forever yeah the idea of keith lee then doing it and potentially going higher and farther because he's done it more often. Oh my God. Is its own fucking wild thing. And oh it suddenly God. turns Keith into a main eventer like that. Can you imagine a cage match where they get high enough on that motherfucker jump off and just 
Oh. No, I don't think you want to super fly anything like that. And I don't think Brock wants to take that bump. I don't think he wants to fly that far. And I don't think he wants to catch anyone like that. Top rope. <laughs> sure. All right. Fair enough. Top of the cage. Middle of the middle oh. of the cage. Middle of the cage. Middle of the cage. Ain't nobody get that distance. You know how they make cages now? They're not doing the old school thing. Is it uh, games? Boo. Yeah, boo. There, there ain't. If they had the old blue cage yes. adhered to the side of the yes. fucking ring, that's sure. the cage. Great. That's a cage, Brandon. They Chumley. got that. They got that safety fucking rail now. No, There's a distance. That. No, no. Nobody does a cage match anymore. It's all hell in the cell. No, who get, mm. or the elimination chamber. You know what? That's that's the only thing he could do. I want he them in the elimination off chamber. the top of the pod from the elimination chamber. That would that been would rad. be dope as fuck. Yeah, that yeah. would have been rad. God damn it! But anyway, no. so we get Welcome to see to what happens. Fucking wrestling cast. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Keith Lee's uh, non compete is over in February. I think so. We'll yeah. see where he lands and what's going on. He's well, been posting on Instagram a lot more lately. So nice. yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to he's, see where he he's, lands. He's gonna be he's gonna be one to keep an eye on. I I feel like I, I'm curious. I'm Man very can curious. Move. Man can move. But then again, he might be the secret entrance. I'm in they for that. Bring him back. I'm in so for I, that. I, I'm I'm here for that too. Yeah, I'm in for but, that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, anyway. So where the fuck were we? I I don't even know where the fuck we let's, were. Let's intro the show. Cool. Brandon Chalmers, I feel like sure. since we got on a wrestling tangent, it is only appropriate to bring out for the first time in the year of our Lord 2022, your greatest and best macho man, Randy Savage, to introduce the fucking do it cast. The Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, sky's the limit, and space is the place. Jamie Noguchi, I'm talking about the fucking do-a-cast here, the cream of the crop, on the podcast media, on the network, that Nerds of Color network, that you and I do enjoy. <laughs> Cup of coffee on a podcast, Jamie Noguchi. Cup of coffee on a podcast. I'm running out of steam here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already in. It's so yeah. good. I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> my name is Brandon Chalmers, and I am one half of the greatest podcast duo in the known universe. If you know what the fuck I'm referencing, my co-host with the Mo host, the man, the myth, the legend, a guy I would gladly carry atop my shoulders with one arm and atop the other side of the country mile of back that I have. I would carry a boombox <laughs> blasting young MC for this man requires no entrance, but he's going to get one anyway. He is Jamie motherfucking Noguchi. Who runs Barter Town? 
Put some fucking stank on that name. <laughs> but you know what we're part of? We're part of the fucking Duacast. You know what the fucking Duacast is part of? The Hard Knock Media Podcasting Network, Jamie. 2022, the new fucking... <laughs> we're still here. Somehow still here. we managed to survive. Like I'm that's still here. Genuinely. You know what? You know what the fucking... We should rebrand the podcast network. We're still here. <laughs> no. Hard Knock Media. Put some fucking stank on it. <laughs> Put a little respect on that name. You hear that, Keith? You we you've been here since the beginning. <laughs> I don't know how long I don't know how long NOC has been around, but definitely longer than ten years. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I should ask him. But and sure somehow, and somehow he manages to put up with us, <laughs> and most importantly, put up with me. And for that, once again, because I have to contractually do it. Every 14 weeks. Thanks, boss. Please don't fire me. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. I fucking oh, love it. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Brandon. Sir! What, what have you been geeking on? So, I've been listening to a podcast, and you and I listened to one forever ago, back when... Hang on a second. My fucking hair is driving me nuts. This is killing me. I need a goddamn haircut, and... The person I normally go to, I drive all the way the fuck out to Westminster because I like to support small businesses. She's been doing my hair for fucking ever. She was afraid that she um, had a COVID scare. Oh, man. So she canceled. And I was like, oh, no worries. Because like genuinely right now, by the way, if you run a business, I appreciate you doing the right thing, even if it takes money out of your pocket. Especially yep. if it takes money out of your pocket. Yep. If you are someone who is patronizing a small business, please be fucking understanding about that shit. Like, it's not their fault. They're trying to keep you safe. They're trying to keep your family safe. Everyone just take a chill, take a lap and deal with it. Would I like to have had my haircut? Absolutely. She does an outstanding job. I really appreciate her. But <laughs> I'm not going to give her a hard time when she does the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Just shit was getting all over the place and I'm trying to get things right. And I got things tickling my ear and <laughs> anyway, it's like not quite long enough for the man bun. So like, I don't know what the fuck to do with it anyway. So when we were deep into, I guess it would have been 2020. Um, there was a podcast called wind of change. Yeah. That came out and wind of, wind of change was about it was kind of like an investigative thing. And uh, Rachel Maddow also did uh, something about this with Spiro Agnew um, uh, called Bagman as well, where it's like these these short version, like, you know, six to eight podcast episodes where they do kind of an expose and kind of a deep dive into a topic. So wind of change was rad because it covered the idea that the song Wind of Change by the Scorpions, that was basically the anthem for uh, the Berlin Wall coming down and, you know, the Soviet Union kind of crumbling, what have you, um, was actually written by the CIA and was a CIA marketing ploy to try and use music Psyop. as a... Right, as a way to change the culture. And apparently this had not been the first time they had done it. <laughs> so it added a ton of credibility to it. <laughs> anyway, so I stumble across 
a podcast that is similar in structure, but is very fucking Baltimore based. <laughs> okay. So, Jimmy, you've been around a while and I don't know how much of a baseball fan you are. I am. I, I like going to the park to eat the hot dogs. Okay. So the plus side is this involves some people who you will definitely recognize who the fuck they are. So if I talk to you about Cal Ripken, I know Cal, who doesn't know Cal it's Maryland. And you understand (laughs) when I say Cal Ripken, I talk about the streak. Yeah. And in turn, the breaking uh, Lou Gehrig's record, the 2131 record for most consecutive games played. And this was a record that was widely considered to never be able to be broken. No one was ever going to do it. So 1995, he does it. He, he breaks the fucking record. He is, he is considered the Iron Man. Now, my personal feelings about his lesser play, or sorry, lesser productive years, and that he maybe should have taken some days off and that he probably should have let himself heal, and we probably lost quite a lot of games because of his fucking ego – are that aside, <laughs> dude had been a multi-time all-star champion or uh, all-star uh, team member. He had won a ton of shit. Like he's widely recognized as one of the best baseball players ever. I can't argue when the dude was hot, dude was hot, but also he's human. Everyone needs a fucking day off. Ever. So he is Cal Ripken for anyone who is not in the Baltimore sphere. He is commonly considered Baltimore royalty. Oh yeah. He, he is considered what's what, what is a term that is used in this podcast uh, by a lot of people. He's a lunch pail player. Mm. He shows up and he does the work. He doesn't complain. He gets it done. I mean, you can set your fucking watch to Cal Ripken. You know, Cal's going to be there. Yep. Okay. So 1995, he breaks the streak. Smash cut to 1997. He's still going on the streak. He is really putting some fucking distance in this bitch, right? Because I think he doesn't ever want it to be broken either. Right? So the evening of a game in 1997, there is a thing called the rumor. Now, among a lot of social circles in Baltimore, you will hear some of this and you'll hear that it's bullshit and you'll hear that it's absolutely true. And you'll hear people say that they know people who were involved in it. And uh, this stretches across the country, both here in Baltimore and also in Los Angeles. Um, But the way it goes is that there was a game played in 1997 that they were going to play. And before the game got started, there was a power outage that caused some of the lights to malfunction that caused the players supposedly to not be able to properly see the balls coming down the plate. And they were playing the Seattle Mariners at the time. I don't know if you're familiar with Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson is like a seven foot tall pitcher who could throw well over hundred miles an hour for easily half the game. So the argument was that Randy Johnson within fucking fastballs well over hundred miles an hour If you can't see the ball, how fucking unfair is that? So the argument was, is that until the lights were repaired, they were going to postpone the game. Then they decided to cancel the game because they couldn't get it fixed fast enough. 
So fans were left just standing there, not understanding what was going on, right? So supposedly the rumor is that Cal wasn't able to make the game and play because he was in no shape to play. He was physically there at the stadium, but he was in no shape to play. And the rumor is, is that they cut some of the power lines and Ah. they had the game postponed. So this way the streak continued because if he couldn't play, (laughs) the streak goes on. (laughs) I I like, I like this. I like this. This Sounds great. Okay. How familiar are you with the actor, Kevin Costner? I am familiar with some of his work. I remember he slapped a kid in Waterworld. Yes. I had a Um, very awkward date in that movie. And um, yes. Gotcha. I I know Um, of him. (laughs) So he, I believe, wrote, directed, and starred in Dances with Wolves. Yes. Okay. Now you won a ton of awards for that fucking movie. So supposedly what happened is the premiere for that movie happened in a small theater in D.C., why? I don't know, but it did. <laughs> now, because Costner had done a film called Bull Durham about a baseball player that was kind of down on his luck, who was coaching other players, and he'd also done Field of Dreams, that he was widely loved by sports fans and also players. And that players spoke very kindly of him because he brought a positive light to the game. Now, during this time, Baseball was on the decline and Kevin Costner supposedly helped bring ticket sales back up. There's correlation that says that when Costner's movies came like those two movies came out, ticket sales for baseball games went the fuck up (laughs) because you get into the mind of the lexicon and then all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. And everybody's like, man, when the fuck did I go to? When was the last time I went to an O's game? And in turn, you go with a bunch of friends. You're like, this is a lot of fucking fun. And then you go three or four more times in the year, multiply that by a couple hundred thousand people. And suddenly you got yourself a real fucking winner. Demos. Makes sense. And that's just demos. Demos. So nationally, that's a big fucking deal, right? So in turn, we smash cut to find Cal Ripken and his wife, Kelly Ripken, meet Kevin Costner at the premiere Ah. of Dances with Wolves. They get chatty. They joke around a little bit. They form a friendship. Don't know if they drank or anything else like that. They form a friendship. Now, Kevin Costner was friends with them. He had been seen at the private box seats for Cal Ripken sitting with Cal's wife and the kids and everything else like that. And he had been showing up to Baltimore games to watch Cal play. Now the rumor is Cal Ripken leaves his home in Aberdeen, Maryland to go and drive to the stadium. 1997. Supposedly he forgets something. Some people have said his gloves. Some people have said his cell phone. Either way, he turns around and comes back to the house. He goes into the house and he hears a rustling. He goes up to his bedroom. A a rustling. A rustling. Rustling. And he finds Kevin Costner in bed with his wife. (laughs) And they apparently scrap. Now, Cal Ripken, while he seems like a nice guy and everything, Bear in mind at the time, Kevin Costner is not a small boy. I think he's 6'1", but he's kind of lean. Yeah. Cal at the time, to my understanding, 
was 6'4", 265. So you take me and make me another six inches taller conservatively. With a bunch of bats around the house. With with bats around the actually probably more like four inches. But either way, like the point being is that dude towers over me uh-huh. and is a thick drink of water. And he's a professional athlete. Uh-huh. And supposedly Cal knows how to scrap. <laughs> and supposedly they get into it. And Cal is scraped up. And Cal goes to the stadium. We know Cal goes to the stadium because there's a bunch of stuff going on uh, where there's photos of like him checking the lighting and everything. But the argument is, is that Cal is really bruised up and scraped up and is no shape to play because he and Costner got into a genuine fight, and fucked his shit up and they postponed the game. Oh, my God. Costner gets accused of this. It goes away for a while. <laughs> Smash cut to 2001, right? And there's a sports radio broadcaster in, I think, LA who is talking about rumors in baseball and yada, yada, yada. And he gets this, this shock jock starts talking about the rumor <laughs> and gets into the whole thing. And his partner on the radio was like waving him off. He's like, don't fucking talk about this. <laughs> And he goes to break and they come back and the switchboards are f- fucking Christmas trees. <laughs> Tons of people. And I heard about this. My cousin knew a guy who was like working at the stadium and he used a chainsaw. And he just caught the lines. <laughs> <laughs> then a bunch of other people chime in from L.A. Uh, Costner is not that kind of guy, but I know they were really close friends. I know that they knew people. Oh, I heard Costner had to, had to go get taped up and everything else like that afterward. And had to take a private plane home because he was too beat up to fly commercial. Somebody would notice like there's a ton of fucking rumors going everywhere, right? (laughs) Somebody calls Costner and tells Costner about this shock jock, basically running his name through the mud and Costner. For some fucking reason, calls in the next day to defend himself. (laughs) And he personally, now here's the fun thing. Remember I told you that he go, he went to a bunch of the games and everything else like that. He tells this guy on the radio. Oh yeah, I know Cal and Kelly, but like, I've only talked to Kelly maybe twice. I've, I've been around her for maybe 10 minutes total. Cal and I have seen each other at social functions and everything else like that. He's a great guy. But no, none of it's true. None of it's true. None of it's true. So already we've got so, Kevin so, Costner sounds like caught some, in a lot. Yeah, right. so, sounds like right. some of also, them. Also, <laughs> why the fuck would Kevin Costner call into a shock jock fucking radio station <laughs> and, and to defend himself? Is, out of why? Baltimore or just like anywhere? I, I think out of Baltimore. But why, like, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> Why? It, it sounds like he uh, he's in between scripts or like directing gigs. Or I don't like- know. Look, I, like, so anyway, so this is the story of whether or not and the real argument being and these these guys kind of go back and forth. They romanticize baseball a lot more than a lot of people do. Yeah. But the argument basically is they don't give a shit if Kelly Ripken fucked Kevin Costner. They don't care. But That's the, the street relationship. <laughs> But if the streak is it tainted, was compromised, yeah. was tainted, yeah. was manipulated, yeah. Then yeah. it asks the question, 
Did they do it any other time? That's how he's, baseball works. He's the most unbreakable record. Yeah. Broken because baseball's fallen on hard times and it needs a sweetheart story. You, you need a to story. turn everything. Yeah. To turn everything around, to put eyes on everything. Baseball is about stories. That's that's people. The Baltimore Sun sold more copies of that paper the next morning, the 2131 paper than they had, I think, in the past, like three years, best papers or whatever it was. And guess who writes all the beat reports for all this stuff? Like there's a tie in with everything. Yeah. Apparently they, Michael Olesker, uh, who you might recognize as a sun writer and he's been on a, a lot of other shit basically tells these guys like, look, I started to poke around with this and I started to really catch hell from everybody. And I realized I talked to other reporters and basically the consensus was if you went after Cal, you lost your career. Mm. Like he's untouchable. And until he basically kills a kid, no one fucking touches him. Wow. Cal was the fucking sponsor for milk. <laughs> I remember that shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> milk. As a brand, Milk had Cal Ripken as their fucking guy. He couldn't be more of a childhood hero if you fucking put a cape on him. Yeah. Like genuinely. Yeah. And if that guy is tainted, <laughs> nothing's sacred. Yeah. At least nothing in baseball. Sacred. Nothing in baseball. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's how you that's what baseball is. It's not, no one gives a shit about the game. People care about the stories. Like they care about the stories. They care about the records. Like yeah. it's why, it's why if you get the opportunity, I highly suggest this. If you have HBO, the HBO plus or uh, go service. Uh, yes. Max. Thank you. Um, on HBO max, there's a movie called 61 and it is the story of Manolin Maris's home run race and how the media was pitting them as adversaries when really they were super close friends. Yeah. And they were both going through their own breakdowns. Maris was going through a complete mental breakdown of doing better than Manol was, but also being hated because he was doing better than Manol was and Manol being a fucking mess because he couldn't get his physical health in order because he was a lush and a drunk and a drug user. Ugh. Right. And like, Mantle, super great guy, but also couldn't control his demons. And here's Maris trying to turn Mantle around, and they are literally battling, and the, the fucking records are going up and down and up and down. And like they're joking around together. They're they're doing commercials together, but <laughs> they're Maris isn't getting the love. Right. Mickey Mantle gets a fucking like uh his own song written about him. I love Mickey. <laughs> While Maris is leading. <laughs> they're Aww. on the same fucking team <laughs> they're living together oh my god <laughs> and maris has got to deal with people literally like cursing at him throwing chairs at him in the outfield oh that's fucked also they're in yankee stadium at the time there were fucking like mausoleums of former players so maris has to stand out there with people being able to shout him and him very much being able to hear it while he's fighting Mickey Mantle for the, for the, uh, the home run title while not, I'd say 40 feet behind him is a literal marble fucking headstone of Babe Ruth, the guy who they're trying to fucking beat the home run record for. Like if that guy's not getting mind fucked six to ways from Tuesday, I don't know who is. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Baseball Whoa. has amazing stories that way. Yeah. But if this is genuinely 
a a conspiracy. I wouldn't doubt it. The Angeloses who own the fucking Orioles are pieces of shit. <laughs> Sorry, hang on a second, because he's a litigious fuck. Allegedly, they're allegedly, pieces of shit. allegedly. Yeah, they're not listening to this fucking chat. You know, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not about to find out. Let's put it that. So, oh yeah, my god, that's amazing. Like, right. I, so, I, I wouldn't put it past anybody though. And this is like the fucking feel good story. You've got your guy who broke the record that's unbreakable, the the sponsor and you know the the poster boy for milk, the, supposedly the milk guy, yeah, beating the fuck out of an A list actor who was fucking his wife, <laughs> and then shows up to the stadium and like <laughs> distraught, yeah, yeah. In a so state. <laughs> I, I am I am three episodes in. I promise you, I have not given away too much at all. It's only six episodes. Each episode's a little over an hour. That sounds amazing. I would highly suggest (laughs) it. Um, The only thing that I would basically tell everybody who's listening to it is this is very much two white guys in their 30s and 40s or 30s and 50s or whatever it is who wax very nostalgic about baseball for a good part of the first two episodes. (laughs) I apologize. Just (laughs) deal with it. The story is fucking there and it's salacious as fuck. Yes. So long as yeah, basically like because in the first two episodes they're kind of wrapping their head around like should we be doing this? Yes, you should, should. we? Yes, well, because the fear is if they find out that it's true, the thing that they used to do like they 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 talked about how they would literally stand outside with ball bats and would emulate their favorite players' stances. They knew how you know they knew how Cal Ripken fucking stood. One of the guys was there at the twenty one thirty one game, like. This is a major part of their life. And if a major part of their life and their childhood was based around a fucking lie, that's fucking rough. I like I, I knew yeah. the wrestling was fake. Right. My childhood I knew was based around a lie. It was a TV <laughs> show. I wasn't confused about it. Yeah. What yeah. happened? I wasn't heartbroken. I was like, wait, fuck. I can actually like the bad guys now. Fuck yeah. Like yeah. it was a win for me. I didn't yeah. feel like a piece of shit because I liked the million dollar man because yeah. he was an asshole. Like, <laughs> if baseball is that fucking corrupt, which I wouldn't be surprised if it is the fuck, because I, at a certain yeah. point, it's like all of the grandiose bullshit about steroids and everything else. It's like, where the fuck do you guys get off? <laughs> you lose all of your credibility with me. <laughs> All of it. All of it. Yeah. Fucking uh, close Cooperstown. Forget the baseball hall of fame. It doesn't fucking matter. I, I would, I would suspect that there's a lot more shady shit going on in professional sports than, than we realize. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And like (sighs) payola and, and other things like that. Like I, I get it. I'm not confused about it, but like, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. (laughs) And more importantly, it's a really public one. Well, and even if they even if they under uncover that it was fake, no one's gonna believe it. That's that's the thing about the story is like no one's gonna like we're warriors of proof, and they'll they'll have like the FOIA requests or whatever, and they'll have like the photo footage, and people will say like, oh no, that's doctored, or like people now don't believe right. real things. So right, 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 <laughs> right. So like, there's there's a whole like, but this it's one of those things that like. It feels real enough. And the question that I ultimately have that they kind of asked too is if it's not true, 
Where the fuck did it come from? Yeah. Like, is this, is this Kevin Costner was really sweet on Cal's wife and one of the other players, Ribbon Cal, says something hey. out loud about hey. it? Right. Hey. And, it's a, and it's a joke that just went way too far. Or is there some truth to this? And Cal was genuinely in a fight with him, but this just ended up happening coincidentally. Did it happen a different day? Like, where... Where's the the truth in this? Right. Like it's it's that it's ever that argument of like the truth lies somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I I don't know about you. I want to know whether or not Cal and fucking Kevin Costner threw down. I do too. Like I have a morbid curiosity about that. <laughs> I do like, too. I the do celebrity too. death match part of my brain is like, fuck yeah, I want to see that I'm shit. I'm putting all my money on Cal. <laughs> I, see, and this is the thing. That dude was in Waterworld. He's scrappy as fuck. <laughs> I don't know what he's got going on. I sure, sure. Kev, Kev is a Kev is a big dude, but Cal swings a bat. Look, man. On here's purpose. What, yeah, I I get that. He's got I these totally, muscles. He doesn't I totally have do these muscles. Yeah, but Kevin Costner feels like the kind of guy who secretly takes martial arts. Mm. And doesn't fucking say anything about it. Yes, but also there's an added bonus when when Cal goes in. He has the enrage bonus. The enrage bonus counts for a lot. Like you can punch through a mu- like if you are pissed enough, you can no punch one, through a whole lot. No one fights like a dude who has one exit and his dick hanging out. <laughs> Because there is one way out of that room and you suddenly have a handle. (laughs) If that ain't motivation to fucking fight, I don't know what is. Mm, mm. I, yeah, I want, I want to see like photos of Cal at the game and like where the bruising is and like, like genuinely we could find out that that was the night parkour was invented because (laughs) Kevin Costner fucking up off the bed, off the dresser, fucking, yeah, fucking matrix that one wall, like bounce off of Kel's back and then just fucking beelined out the fucking house. Just grabbed his pants and just, all you hear is parkour and then just <laughs> leaps over him and just out the door. Right. I'm out. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> See, yeah, I, like so I don't. Even, I, so here's I'm not, the, yeah, I'm like, not so sold on on the fact that Cal won. Like here's genuinely, the, here's the thing: I don't even want to listen to this podcast. I want <laughs> to listen to you recap <laughs> this podcast, <laughs> so that Keith can listen to you recap this podcast. <laughs> and we're like three levels in. We're Inception. Yeah, we're Inceptioning. We're, this. we're a podcast about another podcast about a podcast. <laughs> It's the most NPR thing, except we're allowed to fucking curse. Oh man! Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, glorious. So that's awesome. So it, it's it's interesting and weird and very fucking Baltimore and it, like almost meta, but like not and just yeah. So can ah. can highly recommend if you are looking to kind of delve deep and want something that has nothing to do with reality right now. <laughs> It's just a fucking story. Can yeah. recommend. Oh. The podcast is called The Rumor. 
The rumor. I'm looking that the rumor. Up right, right. <laughs> Putting that in my fucking iPod right there. Um, and if for some reason good. we get some responses and they're like, hey, I can't listen to these two milk toast fucks go on and on. <laughs> um, I tell you what, if we get um five people, five <laughs> individual people that aren't the boss or Jamie <laughs> message us and say, hey, I want you to do a recap of it. I will recap the rest of this podcast and we'll do an episode where I tell the whole fucking story in my understanding. I'll have to remember to check the email. Yeah. Uh, or if you see this on YouTube, uh, comment a bunch. Yeah, please, <laughs> please. If you see it on YouTube, you see it on Facebook, what have you, please comment and say, I want Brandon to tell the story. <laughs> like, this sounds dope as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> fucking love it. Yeah. So that, Jamie, that's what I've been geeking out about the last few days. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. I know, I know I've taken up like most of the podcast telling this. Excellent. Fucking excellent. I, <laughs> that, that is a goddamn story. I don't give a shit about baseball, but now I do. That's that's <laughs> that's how a fucking story works, man. That's why sports movies are so fucking good. God damn it. I'm going to go fucking I'm going to go upstairs when this is done and watch Rudy and just fucking cry. <laughs> the heart of this team, Rudiger. Swear to God. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. I... Anyway. <laughs> so, Jamie, what have you been geeking out about? <laughs> it ain't going on. Ain't nothing going on. Ain't nothing going on. Nothing at all. Um, yeah. Actually, I've been feeling FOMO because this past weekend was MAGFest. And of all the conventions that we've done... I think MAGFest is the most fun, I guess. Because like, it's a, it's a bunch of video games. And, and like, okay, we all have systems at home. But like, playing on a cabinet is a much different sensation than, than playing thumbsticks. Like playing a rhythm game or playing the taiko drum game. You know, I, I got a controller here, but I can't hit a taiko drum with this. That's why I bought the taiko drum controller, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I can, I can drive my car, I guess, but I can't drive my car. That's why I want to buy myself a racing wheel, Jamie. Like I can, I can hit these to, 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 to pinball, but I can't pinball with this. That's why I want to buy myself a pinball machine, Jamie. <laughs> That's why MagFest <laughs> is dope as fuck. No, I, I get you. I, I can't argue those aspects of everything. Yeah. For my own personal experience, though, <laughs> as far as MAGFest goes, I always hit it and quit. So it was always a one day ask to pay for. The oh, day. yes. Yes. It yes, was yes, yes. fucking exhausting. Yeah. Um, the room smelt like death. <laughs> uh, half the games were usually broken by the time we got there, usually because we play on Saturday and yeah. everyone was fucking dead and actually oh. falling asleep during our shows on Saturday. <laughs> so like. There were some fun things like the the music aspects of everything, what have yeah. you. But like, yeah, I never got a chance to really dig in and enjoy Magfest as a show. If I got four days of old school, like 2015 fucking Magfest, where <clears throat> went and like hung out and had a great time and had got to stay up till oh dark thirty drinking in the main room and playing fucking Donkey Kong and joking around with everybody, yeah, sure. I would probably have a much, much firmer 
love and, uh, you know, look at that con with rose colored glasses. But right now, all I remember is decently filled rooms. Yeah. Um, was that when the 4chan fucks came in and asked if they were in the people were in the wrong room or was that a Katsu con? I I don't remember. I think Katsu had a 4chan panel. I don't. Okay, I don't think- maybe that maybe that was it. Oh. I seem to remember one of those fucks coming in and being like, "Hey, so I think some of your fans are uh, think they're at the wrong panel." And I was like, "Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Like, <laughs> fuck out of here!" Well, I, that- I think I actually let him announce, and when no one got up, I was like, "You good?" Get out. Because <laughs> I think we were doing like an Unleashed show or whatever it is. And the second that guy left, I literally was like, lock the door and keep that fuck out. All right, let's do this thing. And <laughs> that had like, to have been a Katsukon. Yeah, yeah that must have been awesome. a Katsukon. Anyway, but yeah, so like uh, that and then the charity thing, the being able to flip the table, that yeah. was rad. That's like, always awesome. I got I to gotta fucking find the video without wherever the fuck that is. Because yeah. like that is one of my favorite things that exists anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think you would enjoy Magfest as an attendee of all the shows that we've done. Like, I think that one, depending on when, when we go, cause you want to go at like sort of off peak so that you can actually play games. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But that's, that's kind of the point of being like, could I be there all weekend and no. actually enjoy myself? No, no, no. And actually like, be able to set my own schedule. Like, like you said, as an attendee, yeah, could yeah, I go yeah. and enjoy that? Probably. Yeah. But I never got that experience. So therefore my view of MAGFest is not quite so rosy as everyone else's. <laughs> Were you so like, I, did you ahead. ever go to the, the old hotel or was it always at, at the Gaylord? Always Gaylord for me. So the, I think MAGFest was the second convention that art fight, actually did that we got invited to to perform as art fight i forget how it went because it was me and nick but me and nick got to go we set up our 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 initial canvas so it was uh wooden slats those big wooden grids with with jim and jim was always doing he he would always table at magfest so he brought his gear he brought our rig he set it up and then me and nick did a street fighter mural yeah yeah yeah. and dj asu was there <laughs> fucking convention staple. Yeah. So he is spinning records and the the Red Bull representatives are going around with their their backpacks. Oh yeah, they got the the fucking satchels, the the big Red Bull cans, they're just fucking handing out they're handing them out to everybody. everybody. And then one of the girls goes up to Nick and says, "Out of the blue, he wasn't even asking for a Red Bull." She goes yeah. up to him and says, "You look like a man who could use a case." She goes out to her car comes back in, hands Nick DeFabio a full fucking 24 pack. Hell yeah. Of Red Bull. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, is, it sustained us for the rest of the show. It was great. I, be- I believe that. I, I commend <laughs> you guys for not getting thrown up by hotel security, for having an opportunity on someone else's dime to get on video of being the stone cold of Red Bull. Because I would have immediately just clinked and then just fucking tip those bad boys up. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite mag mag memories. And then um, do you remember that convention we did in uh, DC at that hotel off of the it was like anime USA or something? Yeah, like anime that. USA, I think was was that one because that that had like the weird like escalator. Yeah, thing the weird that, escalator like, thing. cascaded down into that bottom floor or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you were there, but Magfest sponsored uh, a music room or a jam room. 
And I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we got to go up and it was like late at night and we were like, Mm -hmm. fuck it, let's get on the mic. And we were were rocking out. Yeah. Those those are my two favorite MAGFest memories, like the old hotel and then a a, a thing sponsored by MAGFest, like the gym rooms. And that's and that's the thing is like, I think all of our MAGFest memories are either short and adjacent or not even physically at MAGFest, just part of the group. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that amuses me is like, we like the concept of MAGFest, <laughs> but neither of us really have like that really nostalgic thing of being like, so I had been up for like three days <laughs> and I was convinced I could fucking top the Frogger list before they unplugged that fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had to do it for the weekends out. Yeah. So like none of us, none of us have those real fun memories of being able to really enjoy that shit. Like I think uh, I got a chance. I thought to see proto men there. Yeah. I think they, they played, they play a bunch. Like we, like we did a show and I think they were there later. And I think we watched like half of the show and then Marty and I left, but like, I, I want to like Magfest mm-hmm. more than I have had the experience like Magfest. My wife, fucking loves magfest nice and had gone as an attendee multiple times and like absolutely fucking adores that show did so she, she was actually there all weekend oh she she did go she did go yeah and she nice. went the long haul she Ooh. she uh tabled with uh our our uh close friend mr baron von saxeville himself mr success michael brocco um tabling all weekend and apparently like the way that they handled everything was really respectful basically like if you didn't have your fucking vaccine nah if if it had been closer than two weeks they were kicking people out yeah john john was telling us that like people were narking on other people it was like that motherfucker had covid last week <laughs> and that's that's got to be the thing that was like if you're going to because this is what i told her because she's quarantining right now from me yeah where where it was like Hey, and I'm literally like we had this conversation. I was like, look, not for nothing. But if you go to this, there is a better chance than you have ever had since this started of getting COVID. Yeah. So all of the, you know, the air filters that that the Gaylord was apparently offering to try and make sure to have protective position and the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates and everything else like that. Still, and we talked about this and she was in agreement with it, that there was a better than average chance that there were going to be a lot of people who were going to just completely fucking ignore it and show up sick. Yeah. And you're in an enclosed room and uh, unless they magically inserted filters into the fucking windows that they used to tape, tape trash bags over to hide all the light, (laughs) that place was bad with air circulation, which is body odor. Yeah. Yeah. If you can smell, do you keep the COVID out? Yeah. If you can smell it, you're, you're getting particles in your nose. Right. Like that is going to happen. So like she got KN95 masks. She wore them all weekend. They made sure to like really try and protect themselves and everything. They have not been feeling any symptoms to my understanding. Everyone has been on the up and up. Um, But we'll see how all of that goes. And part of the agreement was like, Hey, when you come back, you're upstairs. <laughs> well, because I have to, I have to work. You have to like, work, I, yeah. Right, like, and that's just one of the things of like, hey, look, not for nothing. Like, I, I was in support of her going and having fun. I was in support of her going and supporting Art Fight. I was in support of her going and winning. 
Congratulations to Megan and Jesse on their fucking uh, tag team championship win. RIP to the longest running, reigning, and defending Super Art Fight tag team champions in the history of Art Fight that I think will remain. And by the way, if anybody's like, oh, man, with COVID going on and everything else like that, look, I'm going to go on record as the saying this. Stands, fucker. <laughs> the streak stands, fucker. If Art Fight couldn't get their shit together to put a match on, it doesn't mean they weren't willing to defend. Every so often, I grab a marker out. I, I parking lots. Yeah, I grab a marker, look at her, point at the belt, and be like, let's fucking go. And she'd stare me down and be like, all right, bitch, go get paper. And I'd back down every time because I'm a fucking pussy coward. But make yeah. no mistake, she was ready to defend. And I am the only super art fighter with an undefeated streak. The <laughs> only one. And if I'm willing to put that on the line and back down, I can promise you right now, that title reign stands. Stands. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there's, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so if, um, if I if I was going, I would be in like total Mysterio gear, bubble helmet, portable right. HEPA filter, right, another right. portable HEPA filter. Right. <laughs> My yeah. whole outfit would be made of KN95 masks. Yeah. Yeah, you you would end up looking like that Rob Liefeld thing. The the pouch is just the, you're the mask. Yeah, I am and the just, mask. Just just a series of KN95 masks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You I, you end up looking like you know what you end up looking like fucking Dustin Hoffman in Outbreak. Or it, would be, like, it would be just sweat leaking. Right? I would just, be a thinner right. person in this part. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I. I would love. I think that show would be a lot of fun to go to as an attendee. I've tabled there without performing. Like um, I've tabled with Jim there, yeah, uh, a couple of times, and it was fun because like we would take breaks and then like what right. we would we would pack up at like eight or nine and then spend right. a couple hours wandering into game rooms and and stuff and then like eat. Yeah. And no, then- I mean, I, I, the wife said she had a great time in in spite of losing, and they put on a great show and they. They did two panels and she really enjoyed it. And like, that's rad. Good, good for them. But like, I don't know. I, I wasn't going. Not so, now. <laughs> no, not now. I, I, and conservatively, I don't think for the next two years. I, I, I agree with you. And I, and a friend of mine, um, I met uh, the woman who does Inky Jinx. Yes. Or, Inky, yeah. Inky, Shelly. Inky drop. Inky drop. Shelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she she was actually at Magfest. Yeah, she was at Magfest. She moved to Spain, so I didn't get to see her. She's coming, she came in from Spain, and I was like, I really wish I was there, but Ma- Mama Omicron is also there. Yeah, no, and I I'm get trying it. to stay away from Mama Omicron. You have a family, cause like even though the name sounds fun, she ain't no fun. So no, like- I get it. <laughs> But yeah, ain't, ain't I, nobody want to fuck around with Big Mama Omicron. Yeah, oh, Mama Omicron will fuck you up. Yes, yeah. because she's like, oh, you thought things were happening. No, <laughs> no, not today, my dude. Not today. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't want to say anything disparaging. I'm glad yeah. they did it. I'm glad she had a good time. Yeah, I'm glad everyone who went that she saw 
were behaving in and all the other stuff when I tried to watch the streaming event for Arfe, which by the way, they fucked the cameras up and did not actually stream it like they thought they were going to, which <laughs> sucks. Not Arfe's fault for the record, in my understanding. That's a that's a magfest issue. Yeah. Um, I saw a bunch of other channels of people like literally setting up their like GoPros or whatever it is, or their iPhones, just like right in front, watching them playing video games with no screenshots, I guess, because somehow that's fucking interesting. But <laughs> I'll be like seven of them that I saw. Five of them didn't have fucking masks on. They were like pulled down under their chin. I was like, okay, right. And this is that same fucking room. And all I could think is, yeah, because here's what I expect when I think of people who are going to sit there and play console games with their friends in that room for umpteen amount of hours. They're the sort of people who don't give a shit about anyone else and will not wear a mask properly and will not care about whether or not they're sick. Yeah. I have no problem putting my name on that. My name is Brandon Chalmers, and I think most video game fans and players are fucking assholes and selfish children, and most convention goers are fucking selfish children and assholes. And when you put those two things together, that Venn diagram is two fucking circles atop one another, and someone's going to end up getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the before times, people would get sick all the time. Like the yeah, con the crud. crud. Yeah. The fucking con crud. Yeah. And I don't trust the people who can't master deodorant to handle a mask. If 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 personal hygiene eludes you, (laughs) then you probably shouldn't be in a place where we have to rely on your personal responsibility for your own health. (laughs) Just as a rule. And I hate the idea that people have to volunteer to tell you to put your fucking mask on, you fucking man child. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to go, just put the fucking mask on. Just put it on. And and to my understanding, their staff were actually holding people responsible. Like you said, John was, was talking about this. And yeah. like, I commend them because I can only imagine what sort of shitty behavior they caught from everyone they were reprimanding. Oh and man. I, I commend them because if my wife doesn't end up actually getting it, which I don't think she will knock on wood, she doesn't that they're a big reason. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you volunteered at MAGFest or you're volunteering at a convention coming up or have volunteered for a convention that has already happened or what have you, and you're trying to do your best to make sure that people are being respectful and masking up and protecting others genuinely. I know people are going to call you assholes and pieces of shit and selfish, blah, 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 blah. And you're going to hear fake news and all the other yada yadas. Please hear me say thank you for trying to protect others. You are a genuinely kind person and in most cases are not being paid for this, which Jesus fuck, can we put you on more important shit? Because if your heart is willing to act that way for our dumb nerdery, what can we fucking like incentivize (laughs) you with to do some really influential shit? Yeah. You fucking saint. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. So thank you. Genuinely. But yeah, I I missed the con. I'm happy people were safe-ish. Um, and this this year is going to be full of cons. Like everyone's coming back. Yeah, and- I know. I I wonder if that's really going to be true with what's going on. I don't know if you heard of Delta Cron yet. Oh, <laughs> it's a combinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns out it's, it has. It's, it's a headmaster. It, turns so like, out it, it it has the uh, the the ability to get in like Omicron, but the punch of Delta. Nice. So it's yeah. like it's like 
when you buy Optimus Prime, but then you buy the headmaster of Optimus Prime. So you get Optimus Prime and then you get the head and then the head turns into a robot too. Yeah, yeah. This is this is probably more like Power Rangers sort of thing where like they had the Megazord. I remember that giant fucking Brachiosaur that yes, they had. Yes, I do. That yes, was I like do. a fucking tank and then would like open up and then fucking the Megazord would like slide yeah. in there and all of a sudden it'd be like Gatling Guns Akimbo or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Think of it kind of like that. By the way, every Super Sentai season since then also has a carrier version. And yeah. that's when the designers say, all right, we we have to sell this toy. You, Steve, in the suit, can't move, but it's going to look dope as fuck. So just bear right. with me. So and you got to look like, just hard oh, as fuck, yeah. right? Because it seems like every every Megazord that stands in there basically stands like a fucking swole British guy. Yeah. Where he's got no fucking arm movement. And he, he literally just kind of like chest up, shoulders out. He's like, bruh. <laughs> like, this is the posture of a fucking Megazord sitting in that thing. Yeah. Even even with all the CG that they stick in these days, they still put the dude in the suit on this platform and he's just like I know, like I guess I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we're gonna put you on this move on this moving dolly, okay? Can, don't can fucking you, <laughs> yeah, don't don't shift your weight, you'll eat shit. Okay. You itch right? my nose, please, please. Right, right. Catch yeah. me, please. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's just like Yeah, I I'm I'm worried about Small Press Expo because I love that show and I don't think I don't think this year is safe and I don't cuz like last year they had to cancel with and the Marriott was like with the understanding that you're going to run it soon and I don't know if how that contract's going to shake out and <laughs> I hate to say it this way but like if if I if I can't go to SPX and they hold SPX like um that's going to be hard to get in next year. <laughs> like, cause, or whenever the show is safe to go to, cause that show has so many people. So I'm just like, ah, well, I mean, in theory, <laughs> what they could do and hear me out, they could go to a bigger room or multiple rooms or spread it out. So this way, maybe there was more than four feet in between the aisles, say for social distancing. And maybe, I don't know, add some, aisle dividers and force people to actually follow a traffic pattern. And then, <laughs> you know, I don't know, uh, push the tables back. So this way there were actually areas where people could actually like look at something and then other people could still kind of walk safely. And then they could actually add staff to be able to monitor people and make sure that they weren't being fucking children about everything. I think and maybe yeah. just maybe you could have that show be a place where it wasn't a giant fucking traffic jam full of people who don't fucking communicate and just to see a plaid where everyone's looking for their friend with an undercut. Like, I'm not saying that you could fix all those things with some simple tape on the carpet, a couple fucking bank aisle uh, dividers, whatever it is, and a a mission statement, but you could get pretty fucking close. I think there need to be some outdoor shows. I think there needs to be some outdoor shows. I don't think you're going to have a book show or a comic book show be an outdoor show. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you can do is you can move it into larger rooms with more real estate with higher ceilings. You could go to the Maryland State Fairground and go into the Cow Palace where they normally do the fucking boat show. Because if it's big enough to because if it's big <laughs> enough to put a fucking boat on a trailer with its masts up and everything else like that inside of, 
then they've definitely got the square footage, real estate and height to let the ver- the ventilators actually happen and be able to let people have some fucking real estate and walk around and buy a bunch of shit. Yeah. And then then there's fucking parking everywhere and oh, it's you don't so- have to strictly rely on the metro to get in and out and it doesn't have to be a fucking weird hipster palace and you could actually have plenty of room for anyone who was maybe small press and actually wanted the table but didn't have to go through their bullshit grandfather situation where they act like there's a lottery but really there isn't a lottery and it all depends on who you know and your real fear about that because you wouldn't be willing to do the show and put your own life at risk but then you wouldn't actually be able to get in next year so you have to actually have to weigh your safety risk versus whether or not you want to sell books the next year is a real thing no that's not anything they would need to do yeah i i just have a bad feeling that a lot of shows are going to happen this year and you're going to have to make a life choice and i just i I won't be able to go um so that'll that'll suck (laughs) or or you send a guy with a devil may care attitude (laughs) send an intern or a young whippersnapper (laughs) or or a guy who is willing to quarantine himself and is, is and is asymptomatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon is the tank. All right. Get him Look, on. man, no offense, but I can walk through this wasteland just fine. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, this plenty is gonna... of snacks. The give me a hotel room that's right there. I'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. It's gonna be a weird fucking year, man. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, fuck it. Get a bunch of y'all to come in together with it. I'll run a giant fucking table. Just me. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. And we'll like, here's how we'll do it. We'll set everything up, right? But just one of everything. And it's just a number system. And just, hey, give me a number 14. And I want a number six in large. And I want this and this. Cool. Yada, 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 yada. All right, cool. Here you go. Here's this and this and this. And then I make a transaction. And I just basically go, okay, this ledger goes to this, this ledger. And all I do is basically fill orders. And I just sit at the end with a catch register. <laughs> all the inventory sits behind. I manage all the stuff that way. And yeah. no theft, no worry about that. And you give me like a Tapatico size fucking booth. Yeah. And I just manage fucking everything. God, that'd be glorious. It's going to be. Amazing. Tell you right now, man. Share them with Mikey. You know his ass is going to go. Yep. I'll be Jamie Noguchi. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Brandon. Well, I think that's it. I That that has to be it. Between that's, the baseball stuff, like that, the baseball that's thing. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to cut it then, but fuck it. Yeah, no. So uh, <laughs> apparently this has been the fucking do a cast. I've been Jamie Noguchi this time. <laughs> you can find me wherever the fuck you the you're fuck watching the thing. Yeah, you're, you're you know the where thing. the fuck I am. You know where to find us. You know where to find me. Exactly. Yeah. That fucking guy over there, that's Brandon Chalmers. You can find him on Instagram at that guy Chalmers. Don't yeah. forget to fucking put some comments, sprinkle that shit about salt bay those fucking comments so you can tell the story of, of Cal Ripken fucking kicking the shit out of Kevin Costner. I'm naked as a Jaybird. Team Cal. Team Gen- Cal. I and Team Costner. I'm telling you right now, man, I said it before as a joke, but genuinely, no one fights like a naked guy with one exit. No one. No one. 
That guy is pulling hair. He's breaking <laughs> fingers. Like that's a man. You want to tell somebody you got bit by naked Kevin Costner? <laughs> Now that's a story. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, what if that's really the story? Yeah. Is that Cal couldn't do it because he had a fucking bite mark? Because Kevin Costner just took a fucking like just a just a hunk out of Cal's arm. He's like a fucking great white. Cal's got to have the team doctor fucking stitch <laughs> his shit up, and he's got to wear long sleeves for the next six weeks. Oh yeah, he's got one of those like shooter arms or whatever. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Hey Cal, you're bleeding. Yeah, I slid wrong. Cal, you didn't slide this game. I fucking slid wrong. I'm Cal Ripken. Shut the fuck up. Or did I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see it? Was it because you weren't playing? Because I definitely was. Because I'm the Iron Man. I'm always playing. Oh, my God. Right? Right? See? I love see? it. I love it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, stay safe. Yep. Stay safe. Wear a fucking mask. Get your goddamn shots. I swear to God.